Kaya Reads Beowulf Part 19 Alright, so I have finished reading all of Beowulf and it is somehow both shorter than I was expecting and well, I won't say longer, but certainly more dense than I was expecting. Again, I came into this having never really read it before or knowing too much about the contents. I knew that it was broken up into three parts. The first part was Beowulf's encounter with Grendel. The second was his encounter with Grendel's mother. And the third part was 50 years later with his encounter with the dragon. Now, just hearing that particular kind of summary, I was expecting something more of an adventure saga, I guess, in the sense that we think about adventure plots nowadays. I was, for some reason, thoroughly expecting the majority of the action to focus on, well, the action. And instead, I think that Beowulf really is a saga more focused on politics. And this really shouldn't have surprised me. So, for context, I think that people don't really understand that modern literature, the pacing of modern literature, is very, very different from the way that it was back when Beowulf was written, or even just a century ago. I had a conversation with a friend a few years ago about The Lord of the Rings, which really stuck with me, because a lot of the people around my age who grew up watching The Lord of the Rings movies at 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, we got a certain impression of how they were paced that when we went and read the books, there was really a big mismatch because the Lord of the Rings books are full of dense plotting, world building, digressions, and in general, they're not written to be plotted like a modern adventure or even epic adventure movie. A lot of the books today are. And I feel like we've sort of lost sight of what literature used to be. Modern movies and books, and this is clearly just my own opinion, are calculated to bring us through a very specific sort of emotional journey, an emotional roller coaster hitting specific story beats at specific and rather predictable times. And that really wasn't what literature always was, or even what literature has been for most of the existence of literature. Even just a hundred years ago, Tolkien had the leeway and the capacity to treat writing like just a vehicle to deliver information without worrying whether it was messing up certain types of pacing. And nowadays we might see those so-called digressions as annoying blocks of text that we need to flip quickly through, and miss 
the subtle ways in which the world building is needed to prop up our understanding of what is going to happen, identify the foreshadowing for maybe plot points that are going to come up hundreds of pages later, and understand the nuances of the feelings that we're supposed to get from the characters involved. And I was reminded of that conversation that I had with my friend very strongly while I was reading Beowulf, to the point where I have concluded that the so-called digressions are not digressions. They are the main meat of the story. Beowulf is not, and was never meant to be, an action adventure movie. The further I got in it, the more I realized it's a holistic picture about what life was like shaped by all sorts of strife, political strife, treachery, and the monsters that people couldn't fathom. And the whole deal about Beowulf was that not only is he a monster slayer, but he lives in a society where monster slayers were never meant to be a thing. The society is so deeply geared towards warriors who war against each other. And to contrast with this, I'm going to bring it up again. It's very interesting that we don't see until two-thirds of the way through that Beowulf was never really seen as anyone particularly interesting, important, or competent while he was growing up. He apparently was not somebody that the people of that culture identified as protagonist material. And so what do they see as protagonist material? It's probably somebody who is a political leader, a fierce warrior, somebody who can keep a strong sense of honor and bear grudges against other peoples. Interestingly enough, the ability to forgive and let go of grudges is not really highlighted as a virtue in this culture. And all of those attributes are things that Beowulf eventually grows into by the end of the story, but the way that he first proves himself is by slaying a monster with his bare hands, which is something that nobody else was able to do. So if Beowulf had just kept itself to the first two segments, we could really read this as a sort of coming-of-age story, the way that we define coming-of-age stories today. The fact that it goes on to detail the very end of Beowulf's reign, mentioning all of the wars in between and the wars foreseen for the future, is an interesting feature that I'm not personally fully qualified to analyze. It is the case that Beowulf starts with a funeral and ends with a funeral. The idea of a hero like Beowulf not being some sort of eternal, infallible figure, but shown as somebody who very easily can fall, is also significant to this sort of culture. We have at once the scene where the torch is passed to Wiglaf to keep leading the Weathergeats, and the understanding that even as Wiglaf keeps leading the people, there is something ineffable about 
Beowulf himself, his capacities, that gets lost when he dies. Because the story does not really end on a note of renewal and hope and continuity, it ends with deep mourning, and not just for the man, but for his legacy. There is a very strong sense of this is a sort of turning point for the world, and a fragile peace or equilibrium of some sort has been irreparably broken. But in general, I would just like to say that Beowulf has been a fascinating read. There are a lot more dedicated Beowulf scholars whose work I highly encourage you to find and look into. I am certainly going to be looking more into what people who are actually experts at this have to say about it. So in lieu of subjecting you to more of my uh, uneducated or minimally educated thoughts about this fascinating and complex saga, I'm just going to say that I enjoyed it very much, and I am looking forward to reading my next book aloud for you. It is going to be The Art of War by Sun Tzu, or as I'm going to be saying it, Sun Tzu. That's going to be read in Lillison's voice, because it is absolutely a text that she would want to read and see if she can bring to bear in her adventures in Barovia. So that's going to start next week. Each section of The Art of War is actually pretty short, so those are going to be much shorter, I think around five-minute episodes each, and hopefully I'll be able to keep those rolling out at a much more consistent schedule, because those are a lot less production work to roll out. Thank you so much for sticking with me through Beowulf, and I hope you enjoy The Art of War. Music